0: Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO, provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank, Resource Management LLC, Luba Workers' Comp, and 30 North Investments. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Rasciuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's
1: A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. In New Orleans, we have an uneasy relationship with progress. We want to grow, but not like Atlanta or Houston or or Austin or pretty much any economically successful southern city. One of the battlegrounds where we fight to retain our local identity and accommodate a changing economy is the French market. A glance at the French market's website summarizes the city's conflict. Three centuries of history, six blocks of shopping. The person charged with keeping the country's oldest market True to three centuries of history and keeping six blocks of stores busy seven days a week is French Market Executive Director John Smith. John, welcome out to lunch. Thanks for having me. One of the most obvious changes to the New Orleans economy is our new role as one of the world's biggest centers of film production. Along with making movies, we're also growing a reputation for marketing movies. The New Orleans Film Festival is in its 25th year, but it's only recently that it's gone from being a locals-only celebration of indie cinema to a showcase that established filmmakers, really compete to get into. Jolene Pinder is the executive director of both the festival and the New Orleans Film Society. Jolene, welcome down to lunch.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Now, John, the French market was for many years a place where local French Quarter residents shopped for food and daily goods. Then, as the population of the Quarter changed, it became a place where tourists could get three T-shirts for $10 and a ceramic unicorn to take home for their niece. Now, under your leadership, it appears to be swinging back toward local and higher quality products. Uh, Tourists still want their New Orleans souvenirs, but they also want a real New Orleans experience. Uh, Ironically, it was that authentic locals only flavor that made the market popular with tourists in the first place. What do you think is the identity of the French market? What is it now? What it should be? And, um, and also, can it be all things to all people? We have
2: this 223-year-old this open-air market, America's oldest open-air market. And for centuries, for centuries, it operated under a, the exact same, if you want to call it a business model. We have the market that we have now. Let's, let's change it for everybody moving forward. And so one of the things we've done is we've taken our vendor leadership committee and we've allowed them to be the first step of the jury. So if you, Peter, want to you know, you know, make your uh, pot holders you know, over the week and come sell them on the market on Saturdays and Sundays, you'll have to first apply to us and then sit in front of the vendor committee, show your, you know, do your dog and pony show and show, show what you have, and they sort of give the first uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on it, then it comes to my desk and I discuss the application then with our market manager to decide, Do we have too much saturation? If we do, is it a rare and unique product? We see a lot of jewelry, and frankly, a lot of it's not very good. A lot of it's made, uh, uh, mass manufactured. We don't allow that. I mean, you have to be an outstanding jeweler to get in because we have so much Jewelry. Well, I'm, I'm
1: all excited about these out to lunch pot holders now. Right, exactly. So things, exactly. Are, so, things look, are picking up. Look, do,
2: do the math, you know, 350 production cost, sell them for 19.99. You know. Oh yeah,
1: and our producer does nothing midweek, so this is a, this is great. Not not Joanne, Even those of us who are not in the film business know about film festivals like Cannes in France and Sundance in Utah, uh, but perhaps what we don't. Know too much about is the importance of these festivals to the business side of the film business. Uh, these festivals, big films are premiered, another word for massively publicized, and smaller films are then shown and sold to distributors, who in turn sell them to theaters and TV. The New Orleans Film Festival, under your leadership, now it's been since 2011, has tripled in size and is growing in importance as part of the international film market. Is is the festival's growth organic? Um, is the the result of uh, tension from all the films being right. shot here, or is it you? How do you grow <laughs> a film business? I don't. Know. I mean,
0: I think it, it was definitely a strategic move. You know, we were looking at the growth and the explosion. You know, every corner you see someone shooting a film, right. and we wanted to connect to that industry and help that connection grow our festival. So, you know, you've got New Orleans. Everyone wants to come here. The filmmakers. You know, if you just give them a little hospitality, they'll fill in the rest. So we give every filmmaker who comes who's accepted into the festival we give them two free hotel nights and then that's we, over, we have 237 films, so that's quite a lot of hotel Are we starting a lot to see mucky makers. mucks to, to show
1: up, uh, celebrities? For
0: sure, for sure. And I mean, we're also trying to connect with the people who are in town shooting. You know, this year John Goodman came on board as our sort of Hollywood liaison for the festival. So he's put a celebrity face to our festival. He's such a great ambassador for the city. But it is a really key part of the business because for a lot of these more independent films, um, you know, they're not gonna have a theatrical release in New Orleans. We have very few screens in right, our city. Right. So this is gonna be their theatrical release and they're treating it with a lot of respect and they're really doing a lot of their own promotion to get the word out.
1: Now, John was very good about explaining how I can get my potholders into the French market. How do you get a film into the festival?
0: Well, it's, it's, it's equally as difficult. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the one good thing I'll say for you, if you're, if you know, you're on the market and you want to submit, is that we're a little different. We take 90% of our lineup from people who just send in their films in the door. Most other film festivals, aside from some of the really big ones, you know, uh, regional film festivals often curate from Sundance or Cannes or Tribeca. We actually really want to be a platform for emerging voices. So 90% of the lineup is people who sent your film, you know, you sent it in the, in the door. So, you know, in 2010 we were getting, I think around 600, 700 films. Now we've re- we received, this year, 2,146 films in our door.
1: And you would show how many?
0: 237. And you just uh, sit in front of a screen with some friends and (laughs) and a bunch of beers. We have a we have a very strict rubric and that's one of the things we've worked on over the last few years too is it's become more competitive. We have a very strict rubric. We have a program director, Clint Bowie, who's amazing and I mean, it takes a certain constitution to be able to watch so many films (laughs) but we also work directly with community screeners so Peter, if you want to, you know, help watch 500 of those films, I can make it happen. Oh, you
1: know, (laughs) because about two weeks ago I tried to watch every Simpson episode ever and it was, uh, I had to give in. <laughs> but this this is a good idea though they, uh, now,
0: <laughs> so uh, Clint works with people you know he's working directly with folks in the community um, people who are, have film experience and they're calling it down from that
1: 2,100 to 237. Wow. Now, um, these films, a lot of them shot here that you see or by local folks?
0: A lot of them. And and we've tried to really create a a greater community for our local indigenous filmmakers to give them a chance to show their work to local audiences and to sort of build their profile. So even this year, we we received a grant from the um, Oscars Foundation. And we uh, have a mentorship program for African-American filmmakers. And we're bringing mentors in from around the country to sort of work with them, we're bringing the head of film at Kickstarters coming to do a workshop for folks, for local folks, to try to kind of increase the profile and the access to funding and capital for people who are making films locally. Well,
1: th- this would be a good. Is, is there a hip scene like there is in cons or Sundance? I mean,
0: there's definitely a hip NOSFAP scene. What should <laughs> I wear? I guess as I'm getting at the. Well, you don't have to. You know, I mean, it's Sundance. It's like everybody wears their parka. You know, we don't. We don't have that kind something of something made uh, by Robert Redford. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah. Uh, we don't have that strict. Of a dress code, but you know, for the red carpet, you want to look great and you want to dress it up. Wow! For night, and for how many sure.
1: days is that? That's it's
0: eight days. It's October sixteenth through the twenty-third. So every wow. night, especially um, from Thursday to Sunday, we have over four hundred and fifty filmmakers coming from around the world. So they're really here Thursday to Sunday, and they're gonna be. You're gonna see them. You can tell that if someone's a filmmaker because their pass has Mardi Gras beads. So that's <laughs> that's how you'll know you're filming.
1: Really? Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Now you were on the other side of this. At one point, you were a, a film director and a producer, right?
0: I worked in the documentary world, so I produced a, um, directed a film about Muslim Girl Scout troops in Minnesota, <laughs> and uh, and I uh, produced a film that about. That was not
1: in any of my <laughs> notes. I want to say
0: about which probably wasn't in your wow. notes either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Circle gets the square. I did not have that one. That was uh, <laughs> that was tremendous. The uh, now, John. Um, Do you expect me to follow that? I, I know. I know. There's a. John, what were you doing before before you changed your name and went to the work of the French Market? Huh? Exactly,
2: I I starred in this film about uh, Muslim
1: <laughs> Girl Scouts. I remember. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but then you moved on to HRI Properties. Uh, yes. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a natural transition. <laughs> I can imagine that interview right. with the press. Was, uh, they <laughs> I wore the uniform. Right? <laughs> So what did you do over there? That's a real estate company. <laughs> We've had them on the show here. They, sure. they do a lot of historic properties. Right. So
2: um, I'm a city planner by education. And I was at it, it, UNO getting my master's degree and uh, was lured away by a job in the wine business. And I figured, ah, this will just be a one-semester break. I'll go sell wine during the day and go to school at night. How many winos have said
1: that same thing? Yeah. That's it, wound up, <laughs>
2: yeah. it wound up being a 16-year career diversion. And, and, oh, and wow. part of that, eight, uh, eight of those years, was me owning my own retail business, a retail wine shop in the American Can Company building, which was owned by HRI, when uh, I opened uh, a bar as well and uh, also couldn't stop having children. <laughs> and so, uh, so little children and <laughs> the want to uh, talk bar about business. you uh, uh, Exactly. Okay. Yeah, it was a wine business. Uh, <laughs> so when yeah. I sold out of the bar business, uh, HRI said, hey, you know, we have a need for a director of commercial
1: property and uh, you seem like you'd be a great fit. So I, I came on with them. Wow. Then, and then I have in your background that you... Uh, this, the, the next part of the leap was a lot of uh, markets, farmers markets, things like that. Well, while I was a retailer, uh, I
2: opened a farmer's market as well at the same time because I didn't have enough to do. So Crescent City Farmer's Market had been out in front of my retail shop for years. And they couldn't come back after the, after Katrina. And with their help, with the help of their organization, I started my own farmer's market and ran it successfully for about two and a half years before I gladly gave it back to them. And they have now a farmer's market in that spot still going going strong. That, wow. Yeah, and so, and that's when I, you know, you, you, you see that farmer's market and you knew, especially now, this was still, this was early 2008, so that we still needed a lot of uh, community organization. There was still, you know, there, there was still a lot of flooded out homes, I mean mid-city was far from recovered. But I got to see what a real touch point, what a real galvanizing thing a farmer's market could be to a community. It's not just a place where you come and buy produce. It, it has a significant economic multiplier effect. Like, like a 12 to one uh, multiplier really? effect. Yeah, far greater than like going to a movie or, or anything like that. Um, Oh, yo, oh, yo, yeah, no yo no, yo yeah no 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 What i mean no if you go to the movie you may go and have ice cream on your way home and then <laughs> right. and then you're home okay. after you've seen this fine work of art you know <laughs> But if you go to a farmer's Keep market, th- you know, th- there's a chance that you're going to be out and it's a community activity, you're going to be doing Night. a lot of things. And so, us as a, as a uh, basically, the, commer- the French Market Corporation is nothing but a, we're effectively a commercial landlord at the end of the day, that have all of our leases on percentage rents. So, why wouldn't we want an activity that has a, a, huge, a huge multiplier effect to look at it from a basic business standpoint, but from a far greater standpoint, from a place, uh, well, we recognize we have a place where we are the anchor of a neighborhood. And we are also the spot where, if you come to New Orleans as a as a visitor, you're probably going to step foot on our property. And so, if we can have an, a, an event weekly, in conjunction with the Crescent City Farmers Market, uh, where we've started this new farmers market, uh, what a you know in America's oldest open air market, what a what a great place. And so, it really you see how things kind of come full circle. And we couldn't be more thrilled. I mean, it's. 223 years of history, and we're about to turn a new page, and uh, it's a pretty exciting thing.
1: Now, I, I will tell you a way for you to get back on Julian's good side, is that <laughs> if you expand, that the market does a lot of things now, including, a, uh, it shows movies, right? Well, uh, uh you know, I'm going to leave here,
2: uh, <laughs> and all the, all the great things I've said, I'm going to kick myself for the rest of the day about that one that, that was one positive, thing. wasn't it? The, uh, it, was, it was great. That it, was was great. Uh, it was great. It
1: <laughs> the, yeah. There's a, uh, you know, this is the uh, part of the show where we do the checklist. It's uh, where you take a little break and ask you a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a, on a loan application. So, Jolene, I'm just going to ask you, uh, what part of your job gives you the most satisfaction?
0: You know, I think it's when all of the filmmakers arrive and they see what's happening in New Orleans with regards to the film industry and they and they feel the hospitality that the city gives. I think that that's that's really the most satis- satisfying part. That's the kind to, of the culmination To have them hit the ground, to see all those Mardi Gras beads, which that's how I know they're a filmmaker, to s- and, and to have seen that grown. You know, we used to get 75 filmmakers in 2010. Now we have 450. And we see people doing world premieres at our festival. So if I wanted
1: to meet girls and tell them I was a film <laughs> producer, I would wear beads on <laughs> those eight days?
0: Well, you got to get a lanyard, too. But oh, you right, might okay. take your press right. pass and adapt it with some Mardi Gras beads, <laughs> and then you'd be good to go. A
1: glue gun will be in great shape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now John, let me just ask you, um, what did your parents do for a living? So uh, my dad was primarily in TV.
2: Um, he had been a broadcaster in the Army in the late, uh, late 60s, early 70s, and got out and went into a television production and, and a studio production, creative development. And uh, my mom worked in radio, actually on the oh, bus- wow. on the business side, yeah. on the business side, not on the uh, on the production side.
1: You're too good looking for radio.
2: Oh, I have a face for radio, right? <laughs> As the saying goes.
1: <laughs> wow. So you've uh, see, so you, we're not surprising you with any of our special wires or anything. Uh, no, I'm no, they wouldn't get it all. What did they? T- what did you get out of that? I know in that business you move around a lot. So uh, so we moved around a lot, and
2: so I learned adaptability, and I also learned creativity. Um, I, I learned how to uh, how to make a presentation, um, how to understand your audience. And a lot of what I do now is it draws on those skills. Um, I mean, f- to be frank, a lot of what I'm doing here today at this table draws on those skills to to know what your point is, get to the point, uh, sell your point, and uh, and have the audience be clear about what it is that you're saying.
1: Now, despite all that moving around with the, in the TV business, you're from you're from here. Yeah, New Orleans is home. Wow, and Jolene, where
0: I'm from Tallahassee. Ah. Oh. Mm-hmm. But so my I'm, brother worked in the Bear complex when I was in high school, and I remember coming and visiting the French market when I was in high school and college and remember right. the things we purchased. Do
1: you see that's how you get the <laughs> other guests to love you? I've got a question really for the two of you. What does it mean about the way New Orleans business works on the ground that you two don't know each other? Isn't um, Aren't you thinking a town this size? Yeah. You, like, you know, you came out and admitted you were at the French market when you were three, but, uh, but they. Uh, <laughs> but what, what is? Um, are you surprised at all? I mean, you're not that far
2: apart. I, I have spent the last year. I, I started one year ago last week, and I have spent the last year meeting dynamic, interesting, important people to the, to the cultural fabric of New Orleans that I did not know and was just bo- beside myself. Like, why did I not know this person? And I realized that, that for as small of a town is, we're still a
1: big city. Jolene, what about you?
0: Well, I, I've known, I've worked with folks closely in, in John's organization, but haven't met you directly, but have worked with them closely because we've done some collaborations. I mean, I think that the city is changing so quickly, too. And it's yeah, just, it's true. you know, for for us, especially, sometimes I can get in my little film bubble. And, right. and I have to really challenge myself to break out and to meet all these folks so that we can Builds kind of better collaborations. Um, and it, it happens, you know, certain times of year more than others. Right now, I'm, I'm in a bubble. <laughs>
1: And, you know, you shouldn't be getting together because what makes a better chase scene than a a car through the French market with tomatoes flying? People love that stuff. Right. uh, (laughs) (laughs) And we'll have tomatoes for them to fly pretty soon. (laughs) (laughs)
2: October 15th.
1: Jolene, John, I want to take a minute to introduce you to Brendan Menard. Um, We met Brendan through 52 businesses who specialize in uncovering entrepreneurs in the very early stages of development. Uh, Brendan's entrepreneurial idea is called petcarelinks.com, and I'm going to give Brendan one minute to tell you about it. Then I'm going to give each of you a chance to ask Brendan one question, a question that you think he'll need to be able to answer to move his business forward. Um, And I will tell you, I don't know what the business is either. We're all starting at the same same point here. Brendan, uh, give us your one-minute pitch.
3: Okay. So petcarelinks.com is a web-based platform to help pet care companies run more efficiently, And why I even got started in this is because I run a a company here in New Orleans called Canine Second Line, and we do dog walking and pet sitting. So I determined there were some things that were seriously lacking for companies like my own to operate. We created a suite of tools to effectively do what we need to get done for small to even large size pet care companies. Believe it or not, they range from two employees up to 100, 150 if you're in New York, Chicago, San Francisco. So these tools really create a stronger connection between companies and their clients, and it's a way to monitor employees in a real-time uh, atmosphere. So we are trying to create uh, a new era of pet care to help companies work smarter and not harder. Let's see, what what question, uh, do we
1: start with, um, with Jolene?
0: Sure. So you talked about um, that you created this out of your own understanding of what was lacking in the marketplace, yes. like your own needs. What did you do to find out what other companies' needs were that outside of your excellent own? Excellent
3: question. If We picked out five pilot cities just randomly um, and then did some research on them and started calling companies and asking them, what do you guys need? What is it that you need in your area? And they all kind of came up with similar things. So we put all the pieces together and these are the, the main suites and tools that these companies really need, no matter whether you're a small two-person, one-person organization, all the way up to, you know, hundreds of employees, so.
2: John? (laughs) Okay, so it seems to me that you might be targeting an audience of businesses that are very uh, capital-concerned, very concerned about cash flow. What are the sources of revenue outside of uh, subscription-based revenues, advertising or whatever that might float the business while more people get warm to the idea and realize that that the precious capital they have should be spent on this service.
3: There's tiered use. So smaller companies will just use it as they need it. Larger companies will have a subscription then they will use then will, a percentage will be taken out per transaction but much smaller because they're paying for these you know they're paying the subscription model. And then as uh As we kind of expand, we want to offer a level of advertising where a company like a restaurant or a, I don't know, anything that's in an area within a walk route that a dog walker goes through and when they get that update at the end, that update shows there was a business there and it links it to them. So um, that's... Kind of, that's how Pet Care Links kind of makes money.
1: Brandon, thank you so much for coming by today. We'll we'll look forward to following your progress with PetCareLinks.com. Uh, we're going to stick around for a little longer after the show and talk some more about PetCareLinks.com. You'll be able to hear the rest of that conversation with Brendan Menard on our website, itsneworleans.com. John Smith, Jolene Pinder, running the French market and the film festival are not without daily stresses, and I'm sure there's plenty of them. But even with all that... You two do have the coolest jobs in New Orleans. Uh, uh, thanks for working so hard so the rest of us can enjoy ourselves shopping and going to the movies. And, and thanks, both of you, for uh, joining me on Out to Lunch today. My pleasure.
0: My pleasure. Thank you. You were
1: fun guests, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> My guests on Out to Lunch today have been John Smith, executive director of the French Market, and Jolene Pinder, executive director of the New Orleans Film Society and Film Festival. You can find out more about John's Market and Jolene's movies by following the links on our websites, www.no.org, and It's New Orleans neworleans.com our show is recorded live over lunch at commander's palace in new orleans commander's palace serves lunch monday through friday jazz brunch on saturday and sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week the producer of our show is grant morris our technical producer is eric merle the effervescent jennifer smith is our researcher mitch foreman wrote and performs all the music on out to lunch You can get this show as a podcast and you can listen to past shows and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsneworleans.com and wwno.org. Support for Out to Lunch comes from Presonus Audio Electronics. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Rusciutti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, online
0: at joneswalker.com. Additional support provided by Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank, Resource Management, LLC, Lupa Workers' Comp, and 30 North Investments.